Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So I have a question for you. For me? Yeah. So your name is Fuse 8. Um, my blog is named Fuse8, and people just call me that Right. as a result. So, I figured people probably don't know why. No, they don't. So, why don't you explain (laughs) to the good people why you are called Fuse8? All right, I'm going to do the abbreviated version, and, uh, and I should say that I once told this to Leonard Marcus. Oh, we're now going to use the swear jar as a name drop jar. Oh, okay. So, every time, like, I was talking to uh, Leonard Marcus... And uh, <laughs> and uh, he, he told me that my blog's name has nothing to do with children's literature. And he is correct. Uh, so our grandma Ramsey had the world's ugliest car uh, in the world. No, no. I was given this car because it was so ugly. She was embarrassed <laughs> to have it in the lot of the old folks home where she lived. It was that ugly. The paint was peeling. 1989 Buick Century. It Beautiful. Was, it was gray. It wasn't like... No, Rust the, brown. It was the the top. The paint on the roof was gone, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the rest of it looked fine except for the rust. And so I proceeded to drive that car my senior year of college. And as I graduated and had no money, um, I parked the car one day and took out the key, and the locks went up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. I said, Ah, Linda Blair, and uh, turned took it in to have. I knew it was its electrical system. And I was not happy with this because I had no money. And turned out the guy reaches into the glove compartment, pulls out fuse number eight. And says, if you just pull this out, you'll have no horns and you'll have no radio uh, and no windshield wipers. But it won't make you. So I would just plug it in when I drove and then took it out when I parked it. Like any normal human being would do. The fuse. The fuse. Which was inside the car, or you had to lift up the hood? There was a fuse box. No, the fuse box was in the glove compartment. So you you would just reach into the glove compartment, pull out the fuse when you Uh park the car, and then plug it back in when you're going. That way you have a horn and uh, and other things. Now, years later, my husband uh, is making a film production studio. He needs a name for it. He was very inclined towards Widow Be Damned Productions because he was having a hard time with some rights of some things. I said, no, don't do that do a Fuse number 8 production, because this Fuse was obviously on my mind quite a lot. And he said, nah, I'm not going to do that. And I said, well, then I will name something a Fuse number 8 production. And so when I had to name my blog, that was what I named it. But I should tell you, there's another name that I have since fallen in love with, and I'm going to use it someday, Tin Can Phone. One of these days, I'm going to name something Tin Can Phone. I don't know what it is. You know, if we ever do like a like a joint Twitter yeah. or a joint Instagram... We're calling it Tin Can Phone. Maybe. Tin Can Phone. We'll see. It's like you're in your little apartment and I'm in my house and there's like a like a string. Uh-huh. And we're talking to each other. Hey, can we have some famous guy like illustrate that for us? I could look into that. Cool. Aaron Zenz, do it. Okay, moving on. Wait, you gotta drop a little... Uh, oh. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm yeah. running out of quarters. Yeah. <laughs>
And there's, I've got at least one more in reserve, though, so it's okay. So hey, Hi. after that long explanation, uh, I'm Betsy. I'm Kate. And we are uh, Fuse Kate and Nate, and we like to talk about children's books. Um, children's picture books, Betsy. I'm sorry. I was being uh, imprecise Let's in my classic language. Classic children's picture Classic books. children's literature. Right. For the very young set that have not yet learned to distinguish why a book is good or not. Um, though they do have an uncanny sixth sense about such things. And so we are not children. No. So we walk in with our grown-up eyes and our grown-up minds. Uh, me with someone who knows the children's literature and you, someone who's never encountered these particular books before. And we figure out if they actually should be classics or not. Sure. Sure. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds plausible yeah. as, a, as a description. So you know this is the, uh, this is the season for... Holly and Ivy and Menorahs. I kid you not, I was just singing that song earlier tonight. Wait, that's the song? The Holly and the Ivy. The Menorahs and the Snowflakes. Oh, I see. Well, because I I followed up Holly and Ivy with Menorahs and Snowflakes, so I figured that that must be another part of the song I was unaware of. No, no, I don't think there's Menorahs. There's no Menorahs in that song? No, I'm pretty sure they're talking about Jesus. I'm going to cross that out right here. Other holiday. Oh, right, other holiday. There's more than one. Well, uh, I figured we, we should pay some homage uh, to something Christmassy. Uh, you dig? Okay. All right, you dig. And uh, it don't get much more Christmassy than, than the book I've got today. So hold on to There's your shiny black boots. There's only one I can think of. It's not that one. Aww. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like that one. I know. I like that one, too. We got to hold in reserve. We can't do everything you want immediately. Don't worry about it. We'll get this is a good one too. Drum roll, please. <laughs> the Polar Express. It wasn't that long ago that we were discussing this very book. I'm going to show you a couple pertinent things. This is the um, 25th anniversary edition. It's yeah, it's my got own a fake ribbon on the front. It's got a fake. Actually, it even it's sort of like yeah, it's like a sticker that kind of comes up. It comes with its own ornament. Of a guy with a freaky mouth. And it gets even better. It has its own CD what? read by Liam Neeson. Ooh. Why Liam Neeson? We're not sure. Where's my daughter? <laughs> she on this train? <laughs> Maybe you'll have to get on the train to find out, Mr. Neeson. Cool. And yes, so you have never read this book. If I did, I don't remember. Yeah, it's a movie. long. Yeah, I saw book. the movie when it first came out, and then I never saw it again. And I know it's about a train because I'm staring at it. This is on the cover, so we have given away. And it's also called the Polar Express, right? So. And it's probably around yeah. Christmas time, right? Uh, yep. Okay. Your 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 mission, um, should you choose to accept it, is after reading this book, attempt to find some way to combine the Polar Express. With murder on the Orient Express, uh, and make some pun in that way. If you can do that, man. If I can combine the two If you stories, can combine the two in some way. All right. Yeah. No, not right now. Give it time. Yeah. Let it percolate. All right. It'll be in your brain. Cool. And then read that book. Hey. Hey. You're back. Yeah. That's a long book. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's not the longest book. Yeah. I can find longer. Yeah, but like it's, if it's I a... ran the zoo, it was crazy Oh, yeah. Long. That was a chunk of time. Yeah. Yeah. This is a chunk of time, too, but not, not anywhere near. No, this was nice. That's one one story. Yeah. But, oh, speaking of stories, mm-hmm. nobody knows what this story is. Oh. I think you should tell them. Okay. In the voice. Oh. Of an elf. What? An elf. An elf? An elf! 
What does an elf sound like? I don't know what to talk about if I want to. But you have to be able to understand what you're saying, though. No, not really. <laughs> but you should read it. Um, yeah. I could. I could read it. Yeah, you should do the elf voice. Should I do it? Yeah, do it. All right, I never voice. do it. I never do it. This is. Oh, you know what this is? This is a Christmas miracle cake. Oh my god! It's my present to you. Yeah, if I want one thing, this is it. All right, I'm gonna do it. A young man tells a story of his childhood and how his belief in Santa comes to life one snowy Christmas Eve. Although his friends tell him there is no Santa, he still believes he will hear the bells of Santa's sleigh. Those beliefs come true when the Polar Express takes him to the North Pole. When they come to the North Pole, Santa chooses the protagonist to be the recipient of the first gift of Christmas. The boy wants something small and meaningful, a bell from Santa's sleigh. The bell symbolizes the belief in Santa and the spirit of Christmas and only those who believe can hear the magical sound of the bell. I don't have a voice anymore, so you're going to have to do the rest of the podcast yourself. Okay. <coughs> oh my, oh my. Before we begin, are you familiar with the works of Chris Van Allsburg, like, at all? <laughs> ah, Jumanji. Oh. Mm. He wrote he wrote Jumanji? Yes, he did the picture book Jumanji, which was There turned... was a picture book of Jumanji? Oh boy. <laughs> I okay. only know the movie. Um, which one? There's a new one coming out, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, and then I'm Zathura. Gonna... That was what? actually technically the sequel to Jumanji. That what? was actually also turned into a film. What's it called? Zathura? Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> those are probably the most famous ones. But yeah, he's done a lot of them. They all have sort of the same kind of, kind of mildly creepy vibe to them. Um, this one is actually one of his sweeter, his sweeter books. Hmm. But uh, not not so much with the creepy. What you what you think of that one? Uh, I had a few thoughts. Okay, do we? First of all, I understand that, uh, you know, the whole thing with the bell. Like, bell. Only kids who believe in Santa can hear the bell. You cracked the code. Right. Yes. However, it doesn't say anything about hearing the train, hearing this, the, the screech of the yeah. metal, um, hearing the conductor yell, mm-hmm. like, can parents not hear Apparently, I would have to assume no, right? Otherwise, you'd have a bunch of parents coming out being like... Hissing steam and squeaking metal. Yeah. Can parents... So no one heard that. Look, I don't live that far from train tracks myself. If a train stopped... In front of your freaking house... Well, if it was in front of my house... I might notice, but... And would there be tracks in the snow? Well, one has to presume that the tracks magically appeared as well. So the, so then the tracks in the snow would disappear when the train goes away? I'm going to say yes. I don't know how Christmas works. <laughs> That's not my bag. Okay. I was getting... I, I was feeling um, two different trains here. All right. I was feeling Hogwarts Express. Yes, but pre-Hogwarts. Right. Yep. Um, and I was also f- feeling uh, the train in Hunger Games. Oh, <laughs> I forget there is a train in Hunger Games and yeah. I mentioned it. Yes, that is true too. See, this is what I don't get. Like, I'm on the page with the wolves. Yeah, and, the wolves the, make you think something nasty is going to happen. Well, and the wolves and the rabbit, it says the white-tailed rabbits hid from our train. So wolves and rabbits can see the train, but adults can't? Maybe those are child wolves and rabbits. 
What? Maybe they're baby rabbits and, and young cubs that have, of wolves. Maybe those are teenage wolves. You're stretching. I'm just there. saying teen And wolf. where do they live? Like, do they live in the Swiss Alps that it just takes to get to the North Pole? Like, what, an hour? Hour and a half, maybe? They're going through Canada. Oh, so you think this is based in the U.S.? Well, yeah. He's oh. British. He's American. Oh, I didn't think. I thought it was based no, in No, no, no. I'm thinking this is straight up American. No. You think because it was a train? Yeah, I've, I'm getting, like, European vibes. No, he's from Michigan, dude. Really? He's from, uh, I even wrote it down because we've got certain, certain listeners who always want the Michigan connection. Uh, he said, it says, the book is set partially in Grand Rapids, Michigan, the what? author's hometown, uh, which was inspired by the Herpelsheimers and Würzburg department stores. I'm not sure where the department store of this comes in, but maybe not, the hot chocolate, maybe? I don't that's know. That's supposed to be Grand Rapids? That's Grand Rapids. That's the rich part of Grand Rapids. I, I well, I didn't uh, say it wasn't the rich part of Grand Rapids. I'm just saying this is a Grand Rapids inspired book. Okay, but this is totally like <laughs> Hunger Games with all the elves like coming to town square, right? And the train pulls up and then they're like, you know, they Santa picks one. Okay. To be like the to... chosen one, right? <laughs> to kill all the other children. I, I don't think that's... <laughs> But I, I think that's love, how Santa works. I love this page. So it's the back of Santa, uh-huh. and you're seeing the elves at work, right? Yeah. And that is, by the way, a svelte Santa, but all right. You have angry elf. Yes, angry elf. And you elf. have selfie elf. <laughs> no, I think he thinks he's directing. He's one of those guys who is like, yeah, I'm totally helping. I'm telling you guys where to go. I think he's totally doing a selfie. You think he's doing a selfie? He doesn't think he's holding a cell phone in his hand. And this one is like, ugh, like, why? Again? I dread this Bernard, day we, we do year. this. <laughs> Bernard, we do this every year. You do not have to take, I'm with the sled. Yeah, no, that's I not. I hate these shoes. Uh, why am I wearing them? <laughs> anyway. Right, so year. this is totally the Hunger Games The Hunger the, Games part of the book. Um... And then, and right, the so bells he, always be in your face. <laughs> and then, right, so he gets his bell and he gets back on the train. Yep, back on the train. And he's sad because he has a hole in his pocket. I like the diversity of these kids. Yeah, this is what, 1985 this book came out? Yeah, 1985. So, uh, yeah, it did a nice job with the diversity because 1985, that was not a universal thing that people did in books. And uh, so well done there. Also love the 1985's PJs. Uh, there's got to be, they don't show footies. But I'm pretty sure there's some footy pajamas in there somewhere. Somebody's got to be wearing footies. There's a lot of robes. There's a whole lot of robes. I don't remember. Which makes me think it's not set in 1985, and it may in fact be set in the 50s or something. When yeah, that would make people were decent and they wore robes. Yeah, yeah, because a tree sure as heck. Oh yeah, but it's also set in the past because it's saying I've grown up since then. So look at like what they get for Christmas there. Yeah, that's a really old truck. That is an old fashioned truck. You give that to a kid and today. The creepiest clown. <laughs> Who would give? How their do you kid... always manage to find the clowns in these books? Who would give their kid on Christmas the creepiest clown? It was the fifties. They didn't know what to give. So it's the fifties. Uh yeah, that's my bet. That's right. my bet. Is that it's the fifties. Yeah. Uh, so you wanted to know if I could connect this to uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yes, I did. So here's what I'm thinking. Okay. On the page where he's mm-hmm. disappointed that he has a hole in his pocket and he lost the bell. He's so sad. There's a little girl on the left-hand side mm-hmm. looking up and away. Yes. I think this is Daisy Armstrong. <laughs> 
before she was abducted and killed. I see. Well, I'm glad that we uh, we were able to have some sort of abducted and killed section to this, this right, whole story. Yeah. yeah. I was assuming she was <laughs> just looking up Christmas at Hercule Poirot. Like, Hercule Poirot was, like, on the train and be like, I will solve the mystery of what happened to your ornament. Oh, that's was, a lot, uh, that's a lot more G-rated. Well, it, it, it is a picture book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still yeah. think that could be Daisy. It could be, but what, she's looking at something and this kid over here... Yeah, she's looking at the guy who's going to abduct her. Well, see, she wouldn't look <laughs> that calm. <laughs> Maybe she recognizes But that does explain, though, why this kid over here is looking so shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't be that shocked that someone, a kid has a hole in his pocket. Like, no. <gasps> what? <laughs> you have a hole? I don't know, though. No. If you lost your one present from Santa. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, <gasps> I'd be like, <laughs> oh, that sucks. Turn your knee, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh,. So I have to give full credit to Mr. Van Allsburg on this because it is hard to write a Christmas book. Um, and it's even harder to write a Christmas book that wins a Caldecott. And it's even harder to write a Christmas book that wins a Caldecott that ends up, like, remembered. How old are you? 33. 32 years later. <laughs> um, that's math, that is. Yeah, that was yeah, good. That was, that was good. good. That was quick how I did that yeah. one. It was so slick no one even noticed it happened until <laughs> I pointed it out. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and long before the Hogwarts Express, you mentioned the Hogwarts Express, thank you for that, yep. uh, this certainly was, so it hit at number 56 on the old Top 100 Picture Books poll, okay. which was not bad, Yeah, not too bad at all, for right. a, especially for right like a Christmas Right down the middle. Book. Right down the middle. Uh, the art was created, uh, using pastel oils on brown paper. I do like how he does snow. It's not yeah. all uniform dots, it's like different angles, different shapes. And you know, this is like before computers, so he did every single one of those by hand. Yeah, I like The him. poor guy. I like him. Usually when an author wants to do a book that's in the snow, it's because, oh goody, white space, I don't have to paint. I can just get white paper and just... He clearly, even to the point where his paper is not white, he did not do that. Hmm. Um, it's dedicated to his sister Karen. Uh... Because, you know, there is, in fact, a brother-sister relationship sort of mentioned in there to a certain extent. Wait, what's the name of Liam Neeson's sister, Emma Thompson, in uh, in Love Actually? Oh, you've asked me. Is it me. Karen? Because if it, it is, be. that would be a very interesting connection, right? Liam Neeson reads this. His sister's right, name listeners. is Karen in Love Actually. And then this is dedicated to Karen and brother's sister. I give oh, you a goal. Okay, somebody needs to go out and find out what the name of Emma Thompson's character is. It's not going to be me. I'm just going to look at it right now. Oh, fine. You look it up. Okay. Um, so I was. Uh, it was brought to my attention uh, by this week. He's our chief creative inspiration and elation officer. Um, <laughs> sent me a link to the Polar Express train ride, available November 24th through December 30th, which departs from St. Louis Union Station. Um, though I believe there is more than one Technically, uh, more than one Polar Express-ish train. Do you have the name, by the way? It's Karen! Oh my gosh. Right? Okay, first of all, that you remembered that. Thank you. Second of all, Liam Neeson does the reading of this. Maybe he's a big-time fan and he asked... That'd, that'd be weird. Yeah, no. Are that's... there any bells in there that he can, only he can hear? No. <laughs> okay, no. well then we'll, 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 we'll drop that. We'll drop that. All right. Anyway, uh, North Conway, New Hampshire has a Polar Express, so they call it a journey to the North Pole. 
the kids are in their PJs, which I find very, you know, it's clearly, you know, Polar Expressers. So here's the weird thing about Chris Van Allsburg. He's written many, many books, many, 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 and he's been reading, writing them since the, the 80s. Uh, and he told me personally, oh, oh Clink, in an interview that I conducted with him. Uh -huh. I'm just going to put two in for that. Okay. Clink, clink. Um, none of his books have ever been out of print. Uh, wow. Not a one. Um, That's also, impressive. Yes, it is downright weird, some might say, actually. Uh, he also had the good line, uh, you can't go broke overestimating the intelligence of children. I'm like, that's a good line. Hmm. I would, I'm gonna remember that line. So, yeah, book's a classic. Uh, it was turned into a movie, uh, with motion capture before they knew how to do that thing. I'd say if Andy Serkis had been in the Polar Express movie, would have been improved tenfold. Who? Andy Serkis. Gollum! Oh. And uh, the ape in Planet of the Apes. And, you know, he's like the greatest motion capture actor of our generation. And Yeah, that guy. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Andy Serkis would have done a delightful job. But instead we got Tom Hanks. Hey, I and like Tom Hanks. I like Tom Hanks too, but uh, there's some weird things. But he's no Gollum. He's no Gollum. <laughs> all right? He doesn't really even move like Gollum. I mean, this was early motion capture technology. Obviously. Um, so, I know it's, uh, it's a little sudden, but ratings, my friend. Ratings. Oh, right. Ratings. Hmm, you go first. Okay. Well, you know, I've liked it. I've always liked it, but, uh, it's not my favorite Chris. I know, we're not supposed to care compare the books to nope. other books. All right, fine, fine, fine. Let's say this is the only Chris Van Allsburg book in the entire freaking world. Yes. Um, based on its own merits, uh, do I think it's a classic? You know, I, this may be a little bit of a shocker. I, I like it fine. It doesn't. And, you know, I liked the first time I read it. Get to the point, woman. I... <laughs> I liked it the first time I read it. I liked the little twist at the end with the bell. I am not... I'm making it a... I'm, and this is going to be considered low. I'm making it a 4.5. That is low. It is low. Why? There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing great about it. But there's nothing wrong with it. Right. I don't so why not give it a 5 if you're down the middle? No, I'm, I'm not that positive on it. I mean, I like it, it but it's it not... It doesn't offend you. It no, doesn't offend anyone. I, I would give it a 2 if it offended me. Right. A 4.5 keeps it from being a classic. I don't think it's a classic. So 4.5 me. It's as high as... Okay, fine. 4.75. Oh, my gosh. You talk me up a 0.25. <laughs> a quarter of a point. Well, I'm uh, I'm going to give it a 6. Oh. Yeah. So, it, it, okay. So, combined. All right. It's a classic. It's a, it's a toe over the line classic. Yeah. All right. Just because I think um, I like the I like the drawings I like the idea you know it's very sweet oh yeah and it's not um, saccharine and I do give it points for that it's not the magic of Christmas it's, it doesn't really have that feel it is that but without having it's got to... its ups and downs you know it, it catches you right from the beginning with the kid looking out the window yeah um, you know there's not a lot of setup it's like boom you're right in it and then I'm they're fine it... with it being a barely there classic it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. You know, Liam Neeson reading it, great. 
know, you do your thing, Mr. Neeson. You're going to read this to your kids, right? I have read it to them. They like it fine. (laughs) It's not not their go-to Christmas book. Uh, they, they have many others that they would much prefer over this one. I mean, it got a... But it's also for older metal. kids. That's like a... Yeah, no, it got a gold medal. It's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful book. He did color, uh, which he doesn't always do. Um, it's, you know, painted. He doesn't always do that either. Uh, yeah. No, it's a lovely book. I'm not, I'm not putting I it like down, I like the diversity. Baby. I like the You're not gonna be like hating on Polar <laughs> Express. It's just, you know, it's... You know, when I'm, you know, I read it to my kids, but I don't, I don't make a point of it. I, I pretty much read it because I have a bunch of Christmas books ah, and it's one of the books. I have an asterisk next to my six. Oh, where's your asterisk? Um, going to? Just around the holidays, it would be a six. Ah. Now, if you ask me my rating in, say, June. All right, we're redoing this book in July <laughs> and you're yeah. going to rethink your vote. It might, it might change when the, well, when I don't think, yeah. That's a question. Like, if something's a holiday book. But I feel it's unfair to holiday books to, to, to say that, that I mean, yes, you're not going to read them other times of the year, but for that time of the year they exist, they're the only thing that'll do. And I think that, that I props them I think it's a nice up. holiday book. It is a nice holiday I book. I wouldn't read it in June. No. Yeah. I'm sure there are some people who do. So I, I would have, like, a calendar year rating and then a Christmas time rating. Okay. So. So you're a classic this month. We'll see how you do in the future, Polar yeah. Express. You're a good holiday classic. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Letters. Oh. We got letters. Okay. Lots of, lots of, lots of, lots of letters. Um, so, as you may recall, in previous episodes, uh, our listener Stephanie and I uh, had a bit of a debate. On the old Polar like, Express movie. I feel like Stephanie is the third sister that we just need to find. We have her do join need us. to, yes. And, well, uh, yes. Because you've brought her up a few times now. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Ste- I could have been bringing up other Stephanies. I'm not. It's the same <laughs> Stephanie. She's a very good listener. And, uh, and she comes up with very good points. For example, uh, we were debating whether Polar Express or Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was the more successful film adaptation. She pointed out that um, Polar Express probably made more money, yeah. which is probably undoubtedly true. Yeah. I would say that uh, from an artistic standpoint, uh, Cloudy is the better film. Uh, she wrote in to say, um, one thing to consider when debating Polar Express versus Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which, by the way, I love that these are like the natural enemies to one another. <laughs> um, in the in the vast field of picture book adaptations to the film and screen, these are the two that are de- decking it out with one another. Um, one thing to consider when debating them is uh, kids' reactions to them. She says that Polar Express freaks me the heck out. Uh, that said, both my train-obsessed kids want to watch Polar Express all the damn time. Not just at Christmas. There you go, Kate. Hmm. Always. And I absolutely cannot stand that movie. Beyond <laughs> the dead tongues, which I never noticed before, so thank you, Betsy, for the additional nightmare fodder. There is so much uh, in that movie to be freaked out by. The hobo on top of the train, who is completely menacing, and also who is he? Is he the train conductor? Is he Santa? Is he dead and therefore a ghost? Ooh, I like that one. I like that one too. I thought you would like that one. Uh, he seems to be Beret. He's not in the book version. I don't believe there's a moment where he finds a hobo on top of the train. Am I correct? No. You're flipping through there, but pretty I'm, sure it's hobo free. I'm double checking just to make sure. Nope, yeah. selfie elf. Hobo and, uh... free in 83. Yes. Uh, then she also mentions 
the Steven Tyler Elvin concert thing. This almost makes me want to see the film, actually. I'm like, Steven Tyler Elvin concert thing? That uh, that sounds very interesting. But, uh, yeah, those things are not in the book. Um, So thank you, Stephanie, uh, (laughs) for doing your due diligence and watching a film that I hope to never see, uh, quite frankly. I'll just say, if there is a hobo on top of the train, you just can't see it from some of these angles. That's all. You would have to be a pretty talented hobo to, you know... Stay Hold up there with his, life, yeah. with his bindle yeah. and his can of beans. It's so cold up there. It'd be so cold. It'd be a cold, <gasps> it'd be a cold can of beans. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. Grown up things we like. Go, Kate, go. So in the spirit of the holidays. What are you calling him this week? The, um, the chief creative inspiration and elation officer? Yes. Yeah. The officer and I yeah. have taken to binge watching... Uh, the Great British Baking Show. A fine American on, thing to do. Yes, on, yes. on Netflix. Yes. Um, I like uh, baking shows, but I don't like shows where people are like stabbing each other in the back and being yeah. angry or anyone's yelling at each other. I don't like that. That's why I liked Iron Chef, the original Iron Chef yeah, I don't, back in the day. I, I don't like that. Was very big, that was very big. Because it stresses that. me out, and I don't like I don't like being stressed. If you out. make a dessert with shrimp, go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and this show, like they're all British or you know Irish, Scottish, Welsh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all very nice. You know, they have interesting personalities. You know, everyone is from a different background. Sometimes they'll have a student, and then they'll be like a prison guard, and they'll be a <laughs> grandmother, and it's you know a bunch of different backgrounds and. Um, it's great to just binge watch because every episode it features a different kind of baking, whether it's like, okay, we're going to do a bread episode. Now we're going to do a, a pie episode or whatever. So highly recommend the Great British, British Baking Show with um, Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood where they, uh, <laughs> they make sure that there are no soggy bottoms in those pies and that you have a... Uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 just delightful. It's just wonderful. Well, that sounds delightful. Yes. And I, if, if I were to watch uh, a show, uh, I would watch that show. I, good, it is it is strange I haven't. Good a good proof makes a good bread. <laughs> yes. Nice well, it's nice that you're getting life lessons from this as well. Yes. No soggy bottoms here. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I personally consider pie a failure of a dessert. Uh, there's no way to make a slice without it just falling all over the place. It's it's a it's a messed up food. Um, and I say this because my my grown-up thing I like uh, is a cookbook. I, I'm doing a lot of cookbooks these days, um, but that's only because I like them. And this is my favorite cookbook. Years ago, I had a cookbook that sort of explained the science behind uh, cooking. Like, why do we put baking powder in things? What does it actually do to the food? It was a great book. Um, it acquired uh, tiny, tiny bugs started to live in that book. What? Uh, tiny little, what are they called? Those little wheat bugs, those little, remember, you know what those are? Uh-uh. Yeah, they appear in your cereal sometimes. They're horrible. Um, anyway, that was a New York thing. That was back when I lived in New York. Oh, when geez. we used to get bugs in our cereal and they would go into our books. Fun time. So I had to throw that book out. Uh. And, uh, and didn't have one since and I was sad. But then I discovered... The Science of Good Cooking. Master 50 Simple Concepts to Enjoy a Lifetime of Success in the Kitchen. I like success and a lifetime of it. Golly gee willikers. <laughs> sign me up for that. Um, it is the book that I always wanted and I did not have. Um, it is the science to an insane degree. So they will give you 
This will be the greatest pork chop recipe you will ever have. We've tested it 20 different ways. Here's the science behind it. Here is the great, yeah, you wouldn't care for the pork chop as, right. but it had the greatest chocolate chip cookie recipe. I was like, all right. That's subjective. Will, it is subjective, but I was like, I will try your... Because some like really chewy, some yes, like really crispy, exactly. some like big chips, well, some like little chips, some they, like chunks. They allow like... you to do different versions, but mm -hmm. um, the version that they had, then they tell you right off. They're like, this is a chewier version, all right? Um, and I like, I prefer the chewy versions myself. And uh, the secret is you brown the butter. You don't, you don't just let it become room temperature. You brown it on the stove, and then you add it. Oh, so good. So good. It was the greatest chocolate chip recipe I've ever had. So, um... So you melt the butter in a pan. No, 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 no. You brown the butter what does that on mean? the stove. So you're cooking the butter. Right. To get to just the right cooking consistency. Uh -huh. But you're, 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 you're not boiling it, and you're cooking it, and you get it to where it's brown. And then you add it to the batter. And it gives it this nutty flavor. It just... <laughs> I'm kissing the air. Uh, anyway, great book. Um, also, the pork chop recipe. Two thumbs up. Uh, yeah, so that is, my, that is my favorite thing this week. Okay. All right. Two cooking things. I'm just going to... I'm going to celebrate with the rest of these quarters. Boom, boom, boom. Name drop, name drop, name drop. <laughs> All right. I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our chief creative inspiration and elation officer is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal. <laughs>